You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. Just here walking around. We're gonna go set a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck before. I just shot a freaking big buck. Get that one. Oh, you hit him. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. Welcome to another week of Michigan Wild. Yeah, this week I got to do a nice uh, conversation with Joe Davis from the Generations of the Hunt podcast. What a great guy, uh, great podcast. Kind of someone I didn't really know much about him or podcast, his podcast until recently. Just the, the joys of uh, being able to kind of dig more into some stuff now that I'm doing these. But yeah, I reached out to him and he was more than willing to hop on and we had a great conversation. It was really a, a fun fun time just talking about some you know deer hunting in Michigan and different tactics and kind of get ready for this upcoming season and then we kind of we you know we didn't really dive into anything too crazy just kind of how we like to uh, handle things and what we're kind of expecting for the year um he kind of shares a similar we're kind of similar in like what we're chasing for a Michigan buck you know size and um you know age kind of a thing which is not you know not easy to do but uh he uh he has some great bucks that he's been after for a few years and we were just kind of like going over like do we does our mindset change you know depending on where we hunt you know like if i'm on public land am i going to have you know a lower standard or you know those kind of things and it was nice talking to him because i think we share like a similar mindset to we're on you know we're not going to justify something that goes against our goals you know or what we want to do and change that so he has a great convo i uh I really enjoyed it. it just the time flew by and we just, it was just a good, good all around talk with some guys talking about hunting. You can tell he loves doing it just like I do. But, uh, yeah, this week, just current event update. I have allergies have been just absolutely kicking my butt. So if I start coughing and sneezing, I'm sorry, I'm trying to hold it in. Just did like a nasal rinse and all that good stuff. But yeah, we, uh, I hung, uh, yesterday was September 1st. And after work, I was able to hang a couple trail cams, just trying to get a couple final things done. Uh, I have, um, let's see what else I have to do. I think I have three, 
three more cams I like to set and that's going to be sunday we one of the spots i'm going to go to it's close it's easy to get into and we're actually going to be bailing some hay and doing some stuff for the in-laws and those are only spots I haven't hung my cams yet so figured we're going to be up there you know bailing hay and doing that might as well take the time to set a couple cams out so yeah i'm pretty much on schedule for that i did actually make a new mock scrape yesterday uh was i was actually listening to a podcast uh that joe did with uh david riley and he was just talking about the importance of finding tracks and that's something i usually have done throughout the summer the last few summers but like this year i haven't really done a lot of crazy scouting in the summertime and done a lot more glassing so you know all the cams i have been putting up those have been you know your typical field edges and stuff like that and like your 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 historical spots that are good and you just quick get in there set the cam and leave not really walking around much but yesterday i was in a spot that i haven't been to in a long time and i wanted to move a scrape i had a mock scrape there for i bet i've had that mock scrape there for five or six years i actually was the first mock scrape i did with a vine i found a really good spot that deer like to be in and there happened to be a vine kind of hanging hanging out of a tree and there had been always been scrapes right in this area so i I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this this vine thing. And I actually cut that vine, the tree it was in, it just happened to work out perfect and made a little mock scrape, hung a cam there. And over the years, I've had great, great pictures on that cam, you know, really nice bucks. However, it's a really hard spot to hunt. Like, I messed up on the big 7.1 afternoon because I tried to sneak in there. And the deer just, they just bed really close to it, or they, they can bed really close to it. It's not like every single time. So yeah, as I was setting up, I spooked some deer, and then that was the the group of does that that buck was actually with, because he came out about 250 yards away, uh, the same group of does that I busted. But uh, so this this year I was you know really wanted to move that, and yeah, went in there and did a little scouting and found some found some trails that intersected and a really good spot where there was rubs and stuff, and I built the mock scrape that is going to be a little bit more beneficial for me to bow hunt just for access. And I had seen this buck I called Mr. Krabs and I just call him that because he just got two little mini crab claw points by the end of his beam. But yeah, he walked in on me. I want to say when he was two and a half or two years ago and let him walk right by sweet morning hunt, like middle of October, maybe like a tour 20th or something morning. And then last year I went in there, same kind of time frame. He was walking through the same area I grunted. I didn't know what deer it was, so I like did a couple soft grunts, and yeah, sure enough, he swung right over, and it was him again. But he was only three and a half last year, so I kind of did that mock scrape for him because I think that's just where he really likes to hang out. And if he's still alive, he'll be a four-year-old this year, and might be a buck I target. But yeah, so I just moved that scrape probably only like eighty yards, but it's in a much better spot for me, easier access. So we'll see if that works. Got a cam on it, but yeah, that's kind of what I did this week. Other than shoot my bow, I got a. Uh, I kind of started digging into my like yardages a little bit more. I had, you know, I switched arrow weights a little bit this year in a new bow. So I was just kind of flinging, flinging arrows around and I was doing, um, you know, three different distances. Let's say like a 20 yard target, a 35 to 40 yard target, then like a 50 yard target. Well, I would, what I was doing is I was just using my 20 yard pin at like 30, 35 yards just to try to get, you know, used to that drop and figure that out. And then I don't know what happened. I did something or I was doing a little more weird ranges and I shot like 41 yards and I just cranked my dial to 41. And I shot and I was like, wow, I'm really high. I was like, that's kind of weird. So then I went, you know, then I like went to 30 yards and slid the pin to 30 and shot. And I was like, okay, I'm high, but not bad. Like it wasn't like one of those things where I was like, man, I'm really high. 
Well, then I went to 20 and I shot 20 and I was like, okay, I'm on. So I was like, this is kind of weird. Something's not, you know, not usually is I've always used a one pin slider. So usually it's a little more accurate than that. So I didn't really think anything of it. I kept shooting. I mean, I was on at like 50 yards and 20 and, uh, so then I ended up stretching out and shot some 75 yard shots and, um, which is kind of fun cause I had to like shoot through my garage, through my service door out in the driveway to get that, that shot, just the way my house is set up with a hill and stuff like that. That's kind of my only option. And I realized I was really low. Like I wasn't missing the target, but I was probably like four to six inches low at 75 yards. And typically that's not like with a single pin slider when you're dialed on that, you know, that, that thing, you won't be that far off. So then I had to like kind of restart, go to the drawing board. I was like, what is going on? And we'll come to find out just the way that bow was shooting that lighter arrow a little more flatter. I was just off on my 20 yards. So we got to mess with that this week and got it, you know, got the right tape back on there and got to reshoot it. And yeah, now I'm, ba- I'm back where I need to be with that. So it's kind of nice. So I kind of have to still mess with my gap just a little bit. It's going to change it a little bit. Cause I just like to know, all right, you got your pin set at 20 and something happens or the buck, you know, takes off or of chasing a doe and also stops at like 28 or 32 yards. You don't always have that time to adjust that single pin. So I like to know where I need to be, do that gap shoot. So no, we're good there. And then I think the next thing to do for shooting the bow is I'm going to screw broadheads on now that we're, you know, we're into the last month before season. So yeah, throw broadhead on and I will shoot a broadhead every day and do the same thing like I've been doing. I'll have a group of arrows. You know, I try to shoot three arrows before work in the morning and then I'll shoot, you know, a little bit more in the afternoons. But sometimes, some days it's three in the morning, three at night, and that's it. And they're at different yardages and you just try to get, you know, every shot, kill shot. So now I'll just throw a broadhead in the mix and do that. I only have one broadhead target, so that's going to be one of those things where I'm just going to walk around the yard and just keep shooting. But yeah, I'm feeling good about that. Feeling good about the bucks that we got in cam. And uh, yeah, now it's just a matter of seeing what happens the next you know, the next four weeks, there's a lot of change is going to go with deer. And, uh, you know, when the beans start getting browner, if that does happen or whatever happens, you got to be able to adjust in the fly, but really looking forward to it. This, this convo I have with Joe got me fired up for the fall. We got a lot of cool things going on with, you know, lease and, uh, going down there next weekend. And then that'll have, a um, we'll do a podcast with the guys down there and, you know, see what our expectations are and break down, you know, introduce Mason, who's going to be there with us too. And, uh, yeah, just really looking forward to the journey we have down there this fall. And hopefully we can document it pretty good for that. But yeah, look forward to, uh, to this, uh, this upcoming week. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the holiday. Uh, you know, maybe wake up a little early, get out there, hang out at our camp if you need to, or maybe do like a quick little scout, do what, uh, David Riley was talking about in that podcast I referred to. He was saying, you know, Go in there and find a couple tracks. You know, if it's a new spot, just just get confirmation. You know that uh, maybe that buck you're after is in the area to keep that game plan. Just keep that game plan going forward, and uh, that's what I did. I got I got the confirmation I wanted last night. You know, three separate tracks, three separate little areas, and uh, it just helps with that confidence. You got to be you got to have a really good confidence going into the fall. Same with shooting your bow. Just confidence is key, and it, I did not it does not take hours and hours and hours to do that. You know, go out there and just spend an hour, maybe spend 45 minutes or just take a little detour on the way home from work. If you can just do those little things and yeah, it might pay off in the long run, but yeah, enjoy this week's episode. Thanks guys. And, uh, go out there and enjoy creation.
Yes. Uh, you have Joe Davis has given me consent to record him on this episode of Michigan Wild. <laughs> What's going on, man? Hey, not much. How's it going? Good. So I didn't realize we talked a little before this, but you know, do construction. You've been in construction. Today I felt like I worked in the rainforest because it yeah. is hot and humid. Like wow. Dude, I, I couldn't even see through my safety glasses. It was so, like, I felt like an old man because my safety glasses were under my nose the whole time. <laughs> you to look over them. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to get in trouble with not wearing them, but I am definitely can't see. It's so do you have to wear a full hard hat, too? I have to wear a full hard hat, harness 24-7. On, on oh, you can't even take a harness off? No, because so, so if people don't know... I am an elevator mechanic, so we're always in a hoistway, so we have to at least have a harness on at okay. all, all times and uh, and uh, the full PP gloves, all this. No no safety squints here. No we safety. Have to, <laughs> we have to be all suited up and all that. And then so you the, have to wear safety like, glasses 24-7, too. 20, uh, as soon as I enter the job site, and uh, it's a pretty big job site. It's a pretty. Uh, it's one of the big threes. If people are wondering, so there's safety coordinate. There's like there's people on that site just to walk around to bust people and not being safe. So. Well, I typically do residential stuff, but however, I'm doing like a residential build on a commercial site right now. So I usually rock gym shorts and a cutoff when it's really hot out. Like I'm on a roof, I'm throwing plywood. I got a sun hat on because I'm a ginger. So sun hat on, sunscreen cutoff, gym shorts, just rocking with some Merrells. Right now, I have to wear pants, a high vis, a hard hat, and every time I step foot, if I'm a foot off the ground, I have to be tied to something. I have this big bulky harness on all day. It is miserable. And then I'm the, the day it was so humid, it rained. Like that's the only way I can explain it. Like it was, yeah. like is that fog? No, I think it's rain. And it was rain because the roof was dripping on me all day. But it was I was my cheeks were sweating today. Both cheeks were sweating today. It was nuts. But, but. Around the corner is bow season starting rapidly, like staring us right in the face. Yeah, it's coming quick, and there's so much I got to do, but there's so little time. And at this point, I'm kind of just like, I'm supposed to put cameras out, but I'm going to go like incognito and just, you know, do that mystery feeling. Oh, you think like you don't even think you're going to put any out at all? Or you're no, just no you I have like some. That? I have okay. some, but there's some areas I, I was like, I'm going to put some cameras out, but I was like, Nah, I'm just gonna go in there blind. Nice. So you're, is that like your public land spots? You think? Yeah, or there's a lot of my, there's most of all my public land spots and all that, man. And I get poison ivy so easy, Dude. man. I I can't go and some of these poison. I swear, every time I touch pi, uh, public, I get poison ivy. Private somehow, I don't get it. I don't know. So I have a handful of my cell cams out just on like the you know properties close or like my northern like up north property like a hundred miles away. But I have a couple like public land spots kind of close to home. I'm like, literally, this is what goes through my mind. Like, okay, I got specific cameras. They're cheap, non-sell. Like they can go there. They're dead to me cameras. You know, I don't care if they walk away. But the risk versus reward of poison ivy is definitely in my in the front of my mind. Because like you said, dude, that sucks. Like, you know, I have to walk through that crap and I'm going to get it. No matter mm-hmm. if I would do the dawn soap wash or shower right away or yeah. whatever. I could burn my clothes and it wouldn't matter, you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Or I could just wait till you know, two weeks before season if I get lucky or just hunt it and then set a camera after I hunt it. Like kind of a thing. Yeah, but, yeah that's how I am, man. Like, the. I feel like the the poison I don't even know if this is true if poison ivy fully blooms I feel like the oil is the hottest right now just from wherever and it, it's it, I can just get it everywhere and just breathe in it I guess I get it but uh 
I don't even see I it. I get it. Like, you uh, think no. by now, like getting it every year, I probably get it five times a year, I swear. I would be like an expert at knowing where poison ivy is. And I swear, it's like, I didn't walk anywhere near poison ivy today. And boop, there it comes all over my legs, all down my arm, you know, my face, my neck. It's like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. You know? And I go to my, uh, when I get it really bad, like I do the full regiment, you know, Dawn dish soap and I do, uh, Ivy dry has this like, uh, prevention stuff. I put it on before and after, but it's still, I do it. I go, my, my clinic knows me by name. Cause I just go in there go Ivy shot. Give me the Ivy steroid. I need it. I'm like, I don't even deal with that because, dude, it's such a nightmare at work, dude. That's oh my god. Especially wearing everything, rubbing. Yeah, like you're working, yeah. you're walking all day. It's you're chafing out. Oh, uh, gross. Well, now I'm thinking about this. I went, we, I got my first Illinois lease this year with a couple of buddies, and my, and we went down this spring. Everything's dead. Like deer were still holding antlers. They hadn't dropped them yet. I got poison ivy so bad down there in Illinois. I have scars on my body from it still. And we're planning on going in like a couple of weeks to go down there and maybe broadcast some food plots, do little things. And the whole time, like, I'm going to get the worst poison ivy I've had all year. You just know it's going to happen down there. And it does take a little bit of the fun out of it, knowing that you're going to pay for it. But I guess you just got to do what you got to do if you want to shoot a buck, right? Yeah. I've done crazier things, I can tell you that. So how many different spots of public land do you think you're going to hit this year? So, like, track of land, I think, like, three or four big tracks. Like, I, I got one, like, uh, I started a new career, so, like, everything's in shambles. My, my, my lease is pretty far to get away. It's like, so, the biggest thing is going to be finding some new public land and all that closer to the metro area. And uh, I'm, there's a lot of sign of hunters. So I'm going to be dealing with that. But that's my favorite thing. I, I, I've talked with other people about it. I use pressure against other hunters so much. It's like become my thing. Dude. It's like I, I can't predict deer. I'm I'm a shitty deer hunter in a sense, but I'm a great hunting deer hunters because I can I can I know the predictability because they're going to go to the same stand over over and over. over yep. again. So, so have you so always I, done that with public and private land? most of the time i have because most of my public lands or private lands are are so heavily pressured i i, I can kind of just you know i just do a lap around the roads and i can see where they're at and i get an i know where their stands are usually at i mean i just and uh i can show you on some after but like uh, i went up to the patreon hunt for adam miller at the bowhunter chronicles and uh that's how i got onto deer uh, I found all these deer stands and I seen them come out one morning and I was like, well, next, and I, right when they left, I went in there with my Onyx and I marked other, every one of their tree stand location. I go, okay. It was all on, uh, public, public. So yeah. it, it was all legal. I wasn't going on their private. So, because <laughs> you're like, and, I can see you got a thermal out. You're out there thermal in the morning at night. Like, oh, there's a guy in his tree. Boop. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> And that's how I just, and you can just tell that they're all old lock-on tree stands yep. and all this stuff. And I, you can tell, okay, they're not mobile. They're going to be sitting yep. here tonight. So and, now I do, I've done something similar for a long time because every private land piece I've hunted has either been small or I'm not the only person that can hunt it. Yep. And then the neighbor, if it's a small property, the neighbors hunt, you know, all around this spot. I mean, I've shot some of my biggest deer really close to where other people are hunting and like houses and you know any kind of a thing of roads all that kind of stuff what have you found that these deer will pocket in like pretty small areas because of the pressure 
or like how do you use that are you just like oh they're probably hunting this hard so they're like forgetting the section or like how are you breaking that down like i i try to find like little mini pockets where like one buck could like kind of hide i'm not like looking to see a bunch of deer but it's like i think a buck could be bedding there because i'm just thinking of some of the public land spots and how i hunt my private it's like okay this kind of wind this kind of you know time of year blah blah I think there's enough cover here for a buck to lay down and then private and public, you can just walk it if you're lucky to have access to that spot or you just scout around your perimeter. It's like, okay, there's one set of tracks coming out of here. And I shot this buck one time, uh, a neighbor, I had found him. He was actually trespassing one day with his family and he didn't, he knew he was trespassing. We thought it would be okay. Cause my uh, great grandma owned the property Well, I can't hunt anymore, but He's like, oh, yeah, I thought it'd be fine because, she, you know, she had said that we can fish or whatever. But it's, like, right in the middle of the season. But anyways, it became a good friendship, and we always communicated. And I shot this really, like, my first, like, big buck, like, in Michigan. It was, like, you know, knock on the door 150. And uh, it came – I literally could see this dude's house from my tree stand. And it came right from his house. So I shot the deer, and, like, it was the first time I hunted that property that year. And I had texted him, you know, a couple of days later, pictures and all that stuff. And I was like, dude, were you holding out on me? Like, did you know this deer was here this whole time? Never felt like sending a picture of him or, you know, anything like that. Cause my camera had died that year. And he's like, dude, you're pulling my leg. I'm like, dude, I literally shot that deer. He came from like 75 yards from your house. So I've always tried to find like those little mini pockets that, you know, deer get pushed into or big buck likes to hide kind of thing. So I don't know if that's kind of how you think about it or like I, I try to like the the biggest thing I notice in a lot of these areas are uh, uh, just like small elevation changes. I I feel like that's like that's my key point because I hunt a lot of flat stuff. It's not, I mean, five six foot of elevation change in some of these ag countries. Uh, it's huge. You know, it's huge for these deer, and they like to move into that. And these generational stands that you these guys leave up and all that them deer know that i mean just look at trail cams they find the trail cam. you can see deer skirting them and mm -hmm. uh, and i i think they they'll use that or uh yeah the elevation to change just that low pocket of elevation so that's what i'm focusing on most the biggest elevation change in a small area that's where i'm gonna go basically a, almost a, like a funnel in a sense i would say but and like these more of these public lands, there are a little bit more rolling terrains and stuff like that. I think I'm just gonna be using easiest route, dude. So these deer get lazy, I feel like, and the and people get even lazier. So if I can find where they're coming in, and then I can find the best way the deer are moving out of from them, that's where I'm probably gonna find. So it's mostly ag. I'm looking for transition and elevation change, and then like in these more kind of more higher elevation spots like maybe 10 15 foot of elevation change i'm just looking for clear paths i mean i know they say these bucks live in these thick stuff but i feel like i feel like sometimes these deer just are as lazy as us they're like i'm not gonna go through that maybe up against it like that's kind of yeah. how i've seen i don't see them like in the middle of it like they're on the edge and they like to skirt it they use it as like a barrier almost I yeah feel like. screen they're screening they're yes, using that exactly. screen basically yeah. so are you going to do a lot of that like since this is kind of like a new year for you like with you know work situation blah blah are you going to do a lot of in-season scouting and just set up on sign kind of a thing or have you had a chance I, to like kind of break down some stuff 
I I am going to do more on the fly scouting because it's it's just preparing me. I want to do, you know, like I understand I have some good friends like uh, I don't know if you know Dave Riley and all them mm-hmm. guys. Like that, that guy is a scouting maniac, dude. This guy kills deer in February. You know, I mean, yeah. not literally. I mean, not literally. He's not killing. Them. He knows where they're at dude, by he in February. Is like thorough. <laughs> yeah, I love Dave Riley. Shout out Dave Riley, dude. The guy's a huge. I mean it's awesome to see this guy mm-hmm. uh, and, and talk to him and stuff. But like, I'm not like that. I can't, I'm not that methodical and all that. I can't, I, I, at this, at my, in my part of my career, I'm not going to be that. So, and like to answer your question, I'm going to be doing more stuff on the fly. And that's where I know it's my home state, but I'm training myself. I want to do more Indiana stuff. I want to do more. Oh, yep. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say state. Sorry. No, but I, I think do... that's exactly what I was going to ask you because I do that when I go out of state and it is a yeah. lot of fun because I don't have the opportunity to scout it. So like you're yeah. just going by the fly, get the feel. So like you're being, you're doing that in your backyard or area of home. So like, you're going to get really good at that. Yeah. And that's kind of, and that's kind of cool. Cause I think like, yeah, you like, you know, like a David Riley or some of these other guys, like, I think um, there's a, quite a few of them guys who are like yeah. huge scouters. I do scouting in the spring when I rabbit hunt. Like that's kind of my scouting. Like I break down stuff, but I can't necessarily think of a deer that I killed because I did that in the spring. It's more of like general area. Like, okay, this is a good area of public land. Then you go back and you put a camera. It's like, oh yeah, sure enough. There's a three and a half year old buck that came through here, you know, a handful of times. Yeah. That made sense. You know, I, you know, but like that's completely different getting a picture than killing them. So like if I would have hunted that spot, I could have sat there all year and never seen that deer because guess what? He only came through twice in the middle of the night or came out of wind that if I would have hunted him, I would have got busted. So like, there's something to say the live, like act, act of scouting as you're going in, mm. you can really get a good feel for like where deer are fresh tracks, you know, fresh sign. I do that when I go to Missouri, Illinois, it's, it's so much fun because you're like, you break down the property, you, you know, use the wind to your advantage with how you scout it. You work your way through it. And a lot of times you just trust your gut. You have really good hunts. And then it's kind of fun because you never know what's going to happen. Right. That that whole anticipation of like what what's coming over that ridge, what's coming over, mm-hmm. you know, what's going over there. It's like always oh, you're on your toes and all that. But uh, I mean, I wish I could be like at the level of them guys like the, like I it, it would be a beautiful thing. But let's I have a system I call it or, organized chaos. Yeah, it's yeah. just basically just. <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. Let's go in there. This looks good. If it if I see something, I'm gonna sit there. If it's not, all right. We we you know we get to hunt another day. I mean, it's a blessing every time we get in the woods. Yes, sir. it really is. And I've learned that in the last like two years since I started this podcast. Because I was like, I, I'm gonna be a big buck killer. This is all what it. It's all about. That's all I care about is being a big buck killer. And then like now I'm like two years on my like, dude. It's nothing. What I that's not. Yes, I want to kill big deer. Don't get me wrong, but it is way more than that. Just the camaraderie, the you know the stories, and the, just being out there is such a more beautiful thing than just uh antler score and all that. But, so do you? Are you going? Are you taking that all the way down to like you're back to shooting your apple bucks? Like to that point, are you still striving for like? Because that's the thing. Like I don't. People always justify stuff, right? So, like, you get the kind of trains of thought where guys are like, well, you know, it's a public land deer, so I'll shoot a two-and-a-half-year-old. But on private land, I shoot a four-and-a-half-year-old or a three-and-a-half-year-old. Or I'm in this state, so I'm going to shoot a, a mature buck only. Like, I try to, like, not justify any of that from where I am. Strictly, like, what are my goals? Like, I want to mm-hmm. shoot a mature deer. So, like, to me, I don't really care where it is anymore. 
mm-hmm. want to shoot him at your buck, but like also I understand expectations and like reality. So like if I go to this public land spot, like my chances of seeing a four and a half year old buck are slim. There are some in the area because I've got proof of that, but I just have like a lower expectation. So like going into the year, where are you at with that? Cause I know you've talked about in the past on some stuff that like you're like, yeah. I think last year, maybe you passed some like really nice bucks on your yeah. private land. I did the same so, thing. So like, where do you stand with that? Like, yeah, that. that's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah. I, uh, I'm at a, a different point in my life. Like I, I'm chasing a different high, if in, in a sense. Uh, uh, like I said, it's not about big bucks to me, but it it is all about mature bucks. It doesn't matter, uh, private land, public land. It doesn't really matter. And I don't care if you guys shoot a spike or, or I don't care what you want to shoot, dude. I, it's your tag. You do whatever you want. But I'm doing a little bit different. I'm I I'm just doing something for myself, and everything I do is I'm proving myself wrong in a sense. If you can get what I'm saying, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm justifying like, okay, you're gonna do this. This, this is you're doing this. You're, you're you're gonna do it. I don't care if you don't like it. It was it's it's kind of one of the mental barriers that like I want to do Alaskan moose camp, not to shoot a big moose, but yes, I want to do it Correct. for the moose. I want to do it if I can survive ten days on a drop. Just being miserable, dude. Just, and knowing you can get through it mentally. Yeah, mentally. It's all about mental mm-hmm. balance. I mean, and and that's what I love about outdoors. And uh, I know it's kind of going away from your subject of what no, beer, no, no, but, I love but, it because you're but, like, you're an outdoorsman. Like I think that's a lot of people can relate to that. Like you're not you, the mindset you bring into the table for like hunting or whitetails or anything like that. I feel like that's kind of how you are as a person, as an individual. Like your mentality. Just hearing you talk about. You know, you want to do this moose hunt not because you want to shoot a, I don't even know what a big moose is, 60 inch or 50 inch yeah. moose, but because you want to prove to yourself that I can go in there for 10 days, kick some butt and live off mm-hmm. the land. And maybe if I get a moose at the end of the deal, I just want to be able to challenge myself right. in that way. Right. And yeah, and it, I, I don't know, man. I had a, a real weird like youth. Like I was, I had a, came from a great family and I didn't have nothing like that, you know, but I felt like I was a loss soul in a sense and all that and yes my wife brought me back to earth for a lot of times too but uh i think the outdoor space just you know just cured this missing part in my life and i think that's why i really started the podcast is because i want to show people it's it's never too late to start something or it's or you know it's if you want to get back into it it's a real attainable goal you don't have to have the nicest boat you don't don't have to go all out but just getting out there i think it could cure or find the missing piece to a lot of people's life in this crazy hectic world of you know you know social media i know i have to use it as a platform to advertise my my show and all that Mm -hmm. but i don't do the show for money or no monetary gain i do it for you guys like i tell everybody i'll do a thousand episodes if i got one person in the woods and they say they fucking love being up. Sorry, I don't know. If it's no, right. you're fine. It, 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 <laughs> it, they they found the outdoors. That's worth it to me. That's all I care about is just showing people the true beauty of the outdoors. And yeah, I think that's true. a powerful tool because, you know, I talked. There's I did a podcast with my brother-in-law. You know, he went from having mm-hmm. brain surgery and all these issues to you know shooting his first buck, and like being able to do that, like how like therapeutic that was for him. Or you know, then you got someone like me who like it was not a matter of, I wonder if Nate's going to be a hunter. Like I was doomed to be a whitetail hunter. Like that was just my DNA, like my family, like that I'm doing this. I've been doing this my whole life. Like 
I mean, there's stories of me getting brought out to the woods in a sleeping bag as a baby, you know, with my little fake gun shooting deer and getting all pissed because like they weren't dying, you know, not understanding that. Like, it's like, I've been so immersed in this and it's so second nature to me. I've had this my whole like childhood, my whole like early adulthood. I've, you know, it's always been a consistent thing in my life that I can like reflect on and do all that. They're like you said, the crazy hectic world, like. There's a lot of other things people turn to when they could just turn to something like being outside, like fishing or small game hunting or whitetail hunting that could really give them purpose and give them motivation, just cleanse their soul. I think that's what friends, Fred Bear says, right? Cleanse your soul, be being outside and doing that. And it's true. And uh, it's a great you know, way to live life and provide your family and all these other things. But it's, it's, it's like I, I like talking to you because... I think I heard you on one of the podcasts you did talking about how you really liked the atmosphere of, you know, one of the hunts you went on last year and talking about how, you know, it didn't matter about the buck and all that stuff. And it's like, that's true because like when I really break down like how I hunt every year, last year I didn't shoot a buck and I was fine. Like it didn't really bother me that much, but I had a really fun, good year last year, you know? And then I hear, I think about all these other things that I do. Like I picked up a recurve one time. I like was like, you know what? My bow got stolen, my compound. I was like, I'm just going to rock my recurve all year. I'd always take it out. And I like changed my goals. So I went from like wanting to shoot a nicer deer. I'm, I mean, this is probably like 10 years ago. I was in my early 20s. And I was like, you know, I'm using my recurve. I'm going to shoot any buck I want because it's a recurve. So I could justify to myself that I could shoot anything I wanted because I was using a recurve. And then guess what? One of the first couple of times I sat out there, this nice little year and a half old buck comes in any acorns i shot at like 12 yards hit it far back and couldn't find it because it didn't bleed really well found it two weeks later you know and uh it was all rotten and i was so disappointed in myself because first of all it wasn't the size of a deer i really wanted to shoot so i justified to shoot a smaller deer which wouldn't have made me happy and then it ended up being this negative whole experience but i grew a lot from it so that's why i was kind of asking you about your justifying your like your morals or your goals because your year is so different than it was the last couple of years yeah I don't think I am like I, I I'm really sticking to my guns on like the size like a mature mm-hmm. buck and all that stuff but I I, I it just I don't know man like is it I because said you're it competitive is it because you're a competitive I, guy it could be it it just like it's just one of those things like I you know I I got I got something like I'm one of them persons like okay I got this like like I I love how you mentioned goals dude I'm like a small goal realist dude. And it's it, and this is what people I think hurt themselves the most. They go, "All right, I want to get a deer with a bow. Perfect. That's a great. That's a great goal." But then they go, they go, "All right," or they get it, and then they go, "150." Like, whoa, like that's crazy. Or they don't get the buck. They, I didn't get a buck with a bow or whatever. Okay, let, let's let's break this down. Like, let's change this into a little bit goal. Let me, let me see, let me get in a stand. Let me set up a stand. Let me see a buck. That's a great goal, dude. You see that? Boom. That goal is done, dude. You're, okay. You're on a roll, dude. Now let me get in shooting range of a buck. Okay. Boom. All right. It's not the buck I want it, but I got in shooting distance. That's a win, man. Take these wins. It's all about these small victories. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're hunting a wild animal, man. There, it, things can go, craziest things have happened to me that not make things go right for me. And these small goals, you have to take them, and you have to you have to grow with them, man. Don't you don't, set it, you like, don't hear that on social media though. So I mean, come on, that, like you don't see that, that on that. You don't see that on the YouTube videos. You don't see these little things. Like it's almost like you're watching these guys who are really efficient at it. Just make it's like second nature. Oh yeah, I got a trail cam pick up this big buck. I'm going to see him, and then I'm yeah. going to shoot him on a food plot, or I'm going to you know do these kind of things when 
like realistic like you're saying like it is hard to just see a buck like it's hard mm-hmm. to even see like it's hard to have a doe walk within bow range of a yeah. guy that has no idea how to do it like that is a feat in itself so i love that like mindset yeah. of breaking that down yeah you, yeah you, and it's all about and, and you know what i mean and it's like and, and it doesn't have to be crazy go like i want to hunt 10 days this october that's a really good goal man that's that's well one third of the season or uh, of october or something mm-hmm. these little goals man these people like have to like some of these guys didn't andy may and all these guys did not break it down over one day mm-hmm. and a lot of people and you say bring up the social media that was a great point i love you brought that up these people see these harvest footage and go wow that guy shot a 160 in michigan that's crazy they're here but they don't know the backstory. Yeah, you might see a little bit of them like shouting and all this stuff, but you know, like, like I hate to bring David Riley up again, but like David Riley has so much time. Like I have his personal information and he sends me a lot of this stuff too, but like he sends me so much stuff. I'm like, it's so analytically insane what he's doing, but you don't see that. The average Correct. person doesn't see that. They just see him with a big deer in front of them and they yeah. go, I want to be like that. And, it's, and he uploads that nothing against him or any of the guys, but you to uh, like to someone like him or someone like me or you, when we finally kill that mature buck we were working at, you snap a picture of it and you put it on social media and everyone sees it. You don't even, you can't even quantify how you got to that point. Yeah. And yeah. the years and the learning and the you know trials and tribulations, all that. So like you get that one blur, but I was just thinking of another guy, uh, Jake Bush. I remember yeah. when he first, I don't know when he did this, but he posted a video of his first like Ohio Bucky shot. And I watched that, and I was like, what in the world was that? I could not, like, grasp it. Like, this dude just moved here, shot this mm-hmm. whopper, and huge deer. And then I started paying more attention to that guy. And you hear, like, how long it took him, takes him to, like, get set up in a tree. And you yeah. hear how many miles he scouts, and you hear all this stuff. That dude is sick for it. He's, like, he is next level. So, yeah, every time that that guy shoots a huge, you know, buck, and anywhere he goes, he is putting an immense amount of work into that. Yeah. And yeah. how do you quantify that? Like, how do I like explain to someone who's never hunted before, like what that takes or what that means? You know, it's, there's so many minute details that is so hard to like, it's hard to, it's even hard for me to like tell a new hunter that. And I love teaching people, you know, that's something I really like to do. Like anyone that wants advice or help, I'm an open book. Like I'll break things down. I've helped a lot of people, but like, I don't even know how to like explain why did the deer do that? Um, I don't know. I've just seen it a bunch of times. Like I just get a feel for it. You know, I've walked in the woods enough, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. So there's just so much that goes into hunting. I think that's why it's so fun and all that. And it's why we can all have different goals, right? Like yeah. you just said, like, you know, someone wants to shoot a spike. That's awesome. Like I agree. If you've never shot a deer before and you're, you know, new to it and that spike gets you fired up, do that. I just don't, I want you to always challenge yourself, I guess. And if that means climb the ladder, if that means I'm going to do it on public or I'm going to, you know, do it off the ground or, just keep it fun and you know organic for yourself and do that yeah yeah i think that yeah yes people just want instant success and there is people that get lucky i think half this um game if you want to say is luck there is a lot of luck because sometimes you when you know you think a deer you know he's he's gonna come here he's been doing it two days in a row he's gonna turn right here on this tree one day he just turns right and you go wow i thought he was Mm -hmm. gonna turn left it's just there's a little bit of success in it or luck into it yep. too so it's just it's it's a crazy game and yeah like you said that you it's so like some of these guys are so over the top and you just see this photo of this big deer and you go i want that mm-hmm. are you willing to do what these guys do 
like you said, I've heard stories. On, I heard, I heard a story from one of them guys we spoke of that he had to get a second Onyx account because he used all his <laughs> pins. That is incredible. Think about that. He That's used incredible. all his pins on Onyx. Oh my gosh! Incredible. And he had a yeah that I couldn't even put. I I could push on my phone a, a million times before I can run out of my pins. Insane. Yeah. Yeah, insane. it's just an it's just insane. And and like I'm not like you people can get there. You know, new hunters could be two, three years, they could be at that level. Oh, yeah. I'm not taking nothing to want. I just don't have the 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 level of devotion to that. You know, I got a small family, I got a career mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on and all that. I just want to hunt, man. And Correct. It's, so it's I like but you still have like the mature so like the well another reason is to remind me why I want to talk to you. You are yeah not the same you don't have the same opportunity uh, opportunities wrong but yeah like you're the way you're prioritizing your life you can't dedicate that much time so you're more of like the average guy that gets out or whatever but you haven't really like changed your goal you're still like willing to pass small deer you're still wanting striving for that mature buck and like that's pretty powerful like to do that Mm -hmm. because so like why do you think that is like are you wanting to do that because you know like I guess why do you want why do you, knowing you don't have this, the odds are stacked against you, you are not justified in shooting a small buck. Why is that? Okay, well, I'm I'm a little weird. I don't know. Let's, let's get that out there. I'm a little weird, but uh, I I have passed deer bigger deer than I've ever shot, and that's because I I've no I I figured this out one day. It, was, it took me a long time to figure out. You can't shoot one fifties when you shoot them when they're one twenty. Amen you can't do it you can't you can't do it dude they don't skip from they don't go 88 inches to 150. there's maybe some freaks out there but in my area they don't and then you have mother it's literally some of these deer 150s 160s and 170s is literally winning the lottery Mm -hmm. it's what it takes for these deer to survive a winter not get hit by a car eht cwd if you want to believe in that mm-hmm. stuff and all the other stuff i'm it's literally insane for these deer to get that and i love the lottery so you can't yep. win the lottery <laughs> if you don't play it you oh, know what i mean awesome. yes i you know get it. that's awesome you, you know you see what i'm saying i'm crazy like you though because yeah. i passed three bucks last year three separate three and a half year olds i'm 100 percent sure they're three and a half i mean let's say 95 because i don't know yeah. exactly but in bow range have my bow in my hand because the deer's coming. I saw I'm like, yep, I know that deer. And it's like, that would be my, like, you know, that's 130 inch eight point in Michigan, which is a giant deer. Like, I'm not trying to yeah. discredit that by any means, but I didn't even have the thought to pull my bow back, you know, and these are on three separate properties. These are, you know, three separate deer that I've had history with. And it's like, nope, because if I smoke that Joker, what is he going to be next year? I really want to shoot a 150 or I really want to shoot whatever that is, you know, not just because. It needs to be 150. I can promise you, if one of those bucks is 130 and a four or four or five year old, I'm zapping them. You know what I mean? Right. It's just that was my goal, and that's what keeps me happy. And I don't want to change that. Like I tried changing that goal when I was younger by using a recurve because I was like, oh, I'll just change it. That'll still make me happy. And it was just a terrible thing. Like I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go out of state. And I, that's kind of what kind of started to Michigan. I'd go out of state and I'd have like this huge expectation, you know, and then it would be met because I would be like, I'm seeing three-year-old bucks. I'm seeing one thirties. I'm seeing one forties. This is awesome. Like, why can't I do that in Michigan? 
it's like, well, if I shoot him when he's 120, there's zero chance he's ever going to get to 140. And so I think that's kind of what happened. Like, okay, if I'm like, I didn't want to be the out of state guy that came from Michigan and shot the first basket rack buck, you know, or first 120 or anything like that. So, like, I didn't want to be that way either, my dad. So then you start seeing what's out there and terrain and blah, blah. And you're like, okay, Michigan's very similar to that. I just got to find them. And then you start finding them and you shoot your, you know, shoot a handful of deer in like, you know, 140 ish range, like three or four year olds. It's like, okay, it's achievable. It's like, well, now here's my goal. Like, and nothing's going to change that. It doesn't make, if I step foot on public, still going to have that same goal. You know, if I lose all my private property next year because it gets sold or, you know, someone leases it up or anything like that. I can't like change my goal. I feel like I'm cheating on myself if I do that. And that's kind of how I look at it, you know? Yeah. And like I said, I'm not knocking anybody. Like if you want to call me a trophy hunter, I'm a trophy hunter. Then in that, in that sense, I can't eat the antlers. Well, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care. I, I get 10 doe tags. I can, I can fill yeah. them up real quick, man. And that's, I'll do that. And I don't hunt to eat. You know, I don't, if yes. I, if I didn't shoot a deer, ever again i will not i'm pretty sure i won't start oh so i i'm pretty sure i'm pretty resourceful uh yes. i i can i can i can find but uh, that was my next i was <laughs> i think people justify shooting little deer or i don't know i guess i don't like justification for like being yeah. inferior like that's the thing that kind of bothers me like you don't need to justify if you have to justify it by well it tastes good or it's beating the freezer or anything like that like you said like well we don't really need to shoot that deer to live like so you you just spent a thousand dollars on a bow, thousand dollars on equipment, and you're saying that you get this meat for you know that. Yeah. No. You're just justifying no. the 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 desire for the blood. I don't want to use the bloodlust, but I did. But uh, like you know that adrenaline or that like fun, you know, to do that. And I think there's just I just don't want I want I don't want it to be brushed over. Like there's a lot more that can go into that for like guys like me and you. It's like this whole encompassing thing. Like obviously, if there's if we got like. Let's say we have a, a property that's got five five and a half year old bucks running around on it. We're gonna shoot the first five and a half year old that walks by, even if yeah. it's not the biggest scoring deer, because we know that we need to keep the population in check. Like yeah. you said, you got does. Like you're gonna go through, and you have all you have. We have plenty of does in Michigan, in the part of the state we're in. Like I'm not gonna be like, oh, you know what? I see thirty does a night. I'm never gonna shoot a doe. It's like, well, everything I've learned from you know biology and blah blah like to be a responsible hunter I should probably shoot a couple does so if I don't do it maybe have a friend do it or have a sibling do it or whatever you know you're trying to do your part and uh yeah I think I think in the then we got Michigan I think there's a problem we have so many hunters compared to other states so percentage wise you know I think there's hunters in other states that will shoot little bucks they don't all shoot big bucks in Missouri you know not there people shoot year and a half old bucks in every midwest state just Michigan has so many more hunters. So that percentage is like substantially more in like Michigan or Pennsylvania, you know? So it's like, you try to like, we're, we're, we complain and kind of a loud voice because we're like, Hey, yeah, shoot what you want. But like, you don't all have to shoot the, you don't all have to do it. Like maybe like if a couple people can like mature or change or, you know, maybe sway into another way, that's just going to help. And I think selfishly, we just want, you know, bigger bucks in Michigan, you know? So let me ask you this question. I can give you twenty dollars. You want twenty dollars, or I can give you eighty dollars. What do you? What one are you gonna take? Realistically, right now I don't need the money that bad, so eighty bucks. Well, okay. Are you gonna take twenty pounds of meat, or are you gonna take eighty pounds of meat? Yes, exactly. So if you're really out there hunting for meat, I'm gonna make sure it's the highest amount of meat I can get from the most mature animal and all that. I know you have a lot of quantity on the dough, but on the bucks, 
you, if you're truly limited on time and resources, spending money on tags and all this, I would be pretty leaning towards, okay, I'm going to have to get it done on a bigger animal. So I don't, because if I can only shoot two bucks and I only get 20 pounds off these smaller bucks, you only get 40 pounds. Or I can shoot one, three and a half. That's a pretty mature deer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to take away, give them a three and a half year old and get 60, 80 pounds off that deer. Yep. No problem. So I, if it's really truly about me, I think you'd be using a different excuse. To me. Yeah, I think, and that's just a, I think it's a learning thing because a lot of yeah. people just regurgitate things. So any like, and that's what I like about your podcast. You want to like teach and learn. If anyone can, you know, learn from that, it'd be great, you know? So yeah, it's good stuff. So I do want to kind of like roll into another reason why I want to talk to you. So once I figured about your podcast and dug into it, we'll come to find out me and you've been to the same bear camp in Wyoming. Yes, sir. So when did you all do that? I did it two years. So I did it in, let's see, the first year of COVID. It was a 2020. No, 2022 and then 21. Yeah, 21 and 22 of season spring and all that. So I did it, yeah, two years in a row. I, the first year, I didn't even have an opportunity on a bear. I, I went out there. I was like sticking to my guns. I was like, I'm only going to use a bow. <laughs> oh i i got i got hit pretty hard that's not gonna happen so and then yeah so the, we both went through working class bow hunter was Correct. who we went through and then i uh so did you have the pot you had the podcast going already before you did that or no i did not though not so the first either. time so that's what's so me. crazy the first time i did i wasn't even doing this so yeah. we kind of have a parallel there but i unfortunately not unfortunately i shot at one the first night with a gun so i did that which is pretty sweet the my first time but yeah what a cool experience that was huh yeah yeah i shot on my first night too because i was like nice i was like i was like don't even care bringing the gun <laughs> they're like you're bringing a bow i was like nope bringing this gun i'm don't care i, I don't care dude I, i've been out here i know i know the the terrain and mm-hmm. i know you guys had a, a pretty good successful year last last season was really yeah. good for you guys but uh uh, the year before when I was out there, it, it was newer sites. So it was a little bit tougher to, or, you know, sites and all that. And I, I was like, if I have to, if I can avert all that, boom, get my bear out of the way. And then now I have four days to hang out. It's that I, you know, don't get me wrong. I did a lot of work with Trey. I was setting, we were cutting horse trails. I was doing a lot of stuff with them. I didn't sit at camp, dude. I didn't go out there just to sit at camp, dude. I was, I made sure I got my full yep, got the full experience. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So how do you feel about the out West thing? Has that changed? Like, obviously you have a new job and stuff like that. Are you trying to go out West every year? Are you still, uh, how do you uh, feel about that? This is my first year not going in the last, two, uh, like, yeah. And it, it was sickening. It hurt my guts. Like seeing you guys out there, I was like, man, it sucks. So I do plan on going back out there next year, next nice. spring, doing it all by myself. So it's going to be in Montana. So Nice. It's it's going to be a little bit different experience for sure, and that don't have the the knowledge that uh, that service tray and them guys provide it. And but uh, uh, out west is it's a whole different thing. And I, I'll say this, man, I can probably make some people really mad right now. I would give up my whole whitetail season just to go out west for two weeks a year. Elk, mule deer, bear, just that I would give it up. So it doesn't matter which one. If you were like, mm-hmm. hey. You can only go out west for two weeks if you don't bow hunt or don't gun hunt in Michigan. You do it every year. Would, every year, I don't even care. Really? I would give it up. Give it up today, dude. I really 
it's just such a for how long do you think oh i could do I, I, forever you think forever man. you don't think it would dude. wear off a little bit no dude it's oh man i I, I agree it's pretty awesome like yeah it, it's breathtaking uh, and you can't explain it. you try to take a picture it doesn't do it justice no nah, you know and we have the same guide too so like talking to him uh brayden you know he was a younger guy and yeah. i'm just like the when i shot my bear just the way the day worked out he actually sat with me when it happened and uh we were just chit-chatting and i'm like I don't even know how he's like, he's just like, dude, you have not stopped smiling all day. I was like, I can't get over where I am. Like, this is just the coolest thing in the world. And I was like, do you think you take it for granted a little bit? And he's like, I think I do because like seeing you guys come here, it like rejuvenates me. So that's mm-hmm. why I was like, okay, maybe for five years you do that. You don't think whitetails would be, you know, pulling on your shirt tail a little bit. You don't think so? I don't know, man. I just like, dude, I didn't even see a bear. Like the first day when I got up there, out on the range and i said i already told trey i said i'm coming back next year i don't care what you say i'm coming back i don't care if you don't want me i'm coming back <laughs> i'm doing he's it. like what i'm doing it again dude i don't even care if i don't even see a bear dude it was it's just one of the things man it's hard for people that just like the first time like i've been to new york new york i've been to chicago i've been to la i've been to seattle i've never felt so small yeah. but so large at the same time dude it's such a weird powerful experience out there man and you like go hike like you know shoot my bear on the first day the same thing like we kind of like helped do different baits or i was driving to town doing stuff you know get ice because it got warm for the other bears that were shot and killed you know doing all those kind of runs and then you like oh you know hey trey where should we go like oh if you hike up this point you know go over there it's a nice little couple hour walk you and ashley can go do that and we get up there and you're just like what in the world like where are we you know and you just like you said you feel so you feel so small at the same time but then you feel so enlightened or like re, i don't rejuvenate those word i like to use but it was like a good reset almost like yeah this is what it is and people get to this is in people's backyard like we don't have yeah. this in michigan <laughs> yeah. and it was it's such a beautiful like i understand like i i do enjoy social media as you know definitely being having a brand if you want to call it what my thing is a brand but dude just when you get out there you go whoop, just throw that fucking phone mm-hmm. right in your truck you go don't even care nope. like, i had a satellite phone to text my wife and all that but i was yep. like bye-bye like yeah, it was, make a it single was... phone call out there like you know being in construction your phone's constantly going off yeah. it was just so nice i love it yeah it's, so you would it's... give up all of michigan hunting just to go out there for two only two weeks a year two weeks a year that's all i need and man i just feel sometimes like i i got robbed of a life you know them them guys are true cowboys i don't care how like what people think they think they're tough they don't know them people out there they're insane dude these guys and they're just getting it done was brandon out there still too uh no brandon wasn't there when i was there no but i've heard stories about everyone they're just um, i'm like i'm wearing like you know i wasn't wearing i don't like i'm not like huge into like spending crazy money on like camo and gear and all that but I bought like a nice pair of Christie boots, I don't know, a handful of years ago because I was like, hey, in the wintertime, I can use them in construction on a roof, you know, that kind of thing to wear them at work. So I wear them at work and I wear them bow hunting. I know, shame on me. I'm not super, I don't have like specific boots to hunt with. I use my everyday footwear and I still kill deer every year. Imagine that. But I bought those really nice boots because I was like, hey, dual purpose. Great. They're on sale. Waterproof Gore-Tex, blah, blah, blah. Good for in the mountains. Don't have mountains in Michigan, but I was like, you know, if they're a tough boot, I'll try them. Uh, and comes this bear hunt so here i am wearing these nice boots you know they're a couple years old but they're broken i got like you know my my backpack and here's brayden wearing a freaking pair of slip-on 
work boots, jeans, and a camo jacket, and he is running up this freaking mountain like it's no big deal. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, can I? And he's just like a billy goat going through that, and he just kind of like looks back. His face is a little red, you know, and he's just laughing at me because you know I got elevation sickness a little bit. But yeah, them guys, they don't take nothing with them. Like, they're such a simplistic life, and I just yeah, I'm, I wish I grew up that way, you know? Yeah. For sure, dude. It, it's definitely a beautiful lifestyle, and uh, it, yeah, Raiden was my guy too, and uh, he humbled me quick. I know he's a little bit younger than me, so I was like, I, I was just blaming them that, but yeah, uh, dude, that guy <laughs> can can walk quick, and I was like, yeah, and he's short. He's shorter than me. I mean, I'm six foot one, and he's shorter than me, and he was, yeah, he was gaining on me hard doing yeah. that. So I guess let's kind of roll into, you kind of said, we talked a little bit, I want to, you know, talk about the bow hunting and like your mm-hmm. goals and stuff. I love how you're keeping that very in-house or not in-house, but like consistent, even though your mm-hmm. fall is completely different than years past, which is pretty cool. So you got, what's like, what's priority number one for you right now before October 1st? To get done or? Or like what you want to do, like that could be like a, I'll just say shoot your bow, but I noticed you're pretty good at doing that already. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I I don't put my bows away. Like I don't. I've never. I I think four or five years ago I got seriously into 3D archery and all that. Oh, I don't have it. So I won ASA for multi pin this year. Oh, uh, shoot, shooter yeah. of the year. I didn't win. I lost the state championship by two points. So oh, that sucks. But you're close. Uh, I was there, I was close, but I won shooter of the year. So, like, I, I get in heavy ASA uh, archery, and I don't put my bows away. So, I'm pretty checked on my bow stuff. So, yep. um, one thing I want to do before October 1st, that is a great question. I, man, I just really feel like I just need to get out there and kind of just perfect my 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 backpack. I think my backpack would be my biggest swing right now. I just need to know my setup because I changed my setup a lot this year. Like, well, not with the saddle. Saddle's going to be the same. Sticks are going to be different. Platforms are going to be different. Uh, some gear stuff, uh, gear straps and all that. I think I really got to perfect that. And then I'm running a lot more mobile stuff or, or sorry, uh, camera stuff. Mm-hmm. So I got to get that all set up. So it's going to be more gear related. What I really got to do, think I, by October 1st to nail I don't down. Know if enough people talk about that because getting the right backpack is when you're a mobile hunter, like the ability to just have something in a backpack that you can throw in your truck where you can, after work, hop in the woods, throw on your back and go find any tree you want and climb. Getting to that point where that's efficient is not easy. It takes yeah. time. Like I've been doing hanging hunts for, I think this is my eighth or ninth year where I primarily do a hanging hunt. And I went from, you know, tree stand, lone wolf alpha with the big sticks now to like the last like four years, or this is my fifth year with a saddle. And I feel like the last two years, I finally got my backpack where it's been the same two years in a row. Like I love how it climbs the tree. I got my system down. And once that's done, oh my gosh, it's like a new world. And it's like means a lot. Like, and that's like, you really got to focus a lot of energy onto that. Like, don't be afraid to change things. Don't be, you know, if something goes bad, remember what went bad and then make an effort to change that before you go out the next time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I Like you brought up, like knowing your stuff is a key thing and then changing your stuff. Like I'll kind of break down them in two different things. So like knowing your gear is 
a huge thing like not shooting your shooting a bow and a saddle for like the first time i know saddles are getting really big i know the last two years so if you're getting onto that page of saddles definitely get out in the back of the dude even if you're a foot up in the air as long as you're on a platform shoot that bow dude shoot you know your weak side know your you know, you know your strong mm-hmm. side i mean it's it's a whole different game when you're in that saddle so definitely and like like i said having a system and just being uh efficient in the woods and like not making a lot of noise and all that it being the difference between killing a, a big buck because some of these four the four year and a half year old deer are not just gimmies man trust me if you gotta get close to them and if you make a ting when you're not supposed to be there you, you just lost it and they won't let you know they won't no. tell you deer don't tell you they don't always snort weed or they don't always like uh grunt out of there them. and blow yeah. at you they don't tell you a lot of the time they just go or they just sit there and they don't move they just just they'll just go i ain't moving from my bed because so guess what i'm safe right now i'm not gonna move so knowing your gear is a key i think a strong i think a, one of my weakest points right now going into the season but definitely have to improve and then um whatever what they say breaking down into the new things. stuff the new stuff uh changing stuff yes there is always the thing but sometimes if something's working don't change it if it's if it's i understand the latest greatest you know new sticks come out or the latest greatest platform comes out i need to change something well man i don't know how many people i know still use the lone wolf assault stuff sticks and all that and still slay big deer man mm-hmm. you don't always have to change something because something new comes out that's that's just a thing i understand it's cool to get something new and if it if it makes you tickle inside and gives you that little bit of confidence <laughs> then i guess you can do it because the confidence yes. will confidence will kill i guarantee but if you're going out there with the first time you ever use these sticks because you had to get these new sticks i don't think that's a good efficient way to do it Correct. Like it's the same. I look at my gear the same way I look at like my boning journey. Like you, we talked about earlier, like it's all this years of tweaking and doing things to get to this point. I do that same thing with my gear. Like I never like go all in and say, you know what, I'm just going to lace and grace everything. It's like you sprinkle stuff in and you kind of, you know, mm-hmm. learn your thing because then you don't get buyer's remorse as quick or you don't waste stuff or you're not like you're, you take your time and you learn what works for you. So you have more fun because the worst thing is to do is just go drive a bunch of money on something or the worst thing to do is go buy a bow out of impulse and then have that bow be a bow that you cannot stand shooting because it doesn't fit you which i mean you probably know that quite a bit because you're mm-hmm. very into that but like there's a big deal with finding a bow you're comfortable with and then just sticking to it or the same thing goes with the mobile setup and uh every time i try to you know tweak like this year i threw a lightweight stand into the mix I've, just, I've once I went saddle, I didn't buy any other hang on tree stands. I just kept whatever I had. My lone wolf became like a, a preset of like a hybrid, like find a little piece and hang in a spot to go quick after work or something like that. But then I bought this new lightweight stand, like it's the beast gear stand, which has been out for a while. Finally got to lay hands on it and like, like, dude, this thing's sweet. But guess what? That thing's going on a tree before I go out in the woods and try to hang mm-hmm. it on a deer. You know, like I have to know that I can do that in the dark and do it effectively so yeah there's a lot of that kind of stuff tweaking but you got time i mean you got time before yeah. october first to do that i so do i know i do yeah it, i i think a lot of it stems from like what these people want to do like is they they see something and they go he it, it fits him it must fit me mm-hmm. i think i went through and and i'll tell another thing too for like money aspect they're like i do make a comfortable living 
but dude, I buy used, dude. I buy used all the time, and mm-hmm. I have no shame in it because guess what? I spent like twelve hundred dollars on backpacks before I found the one I wanted, mm-hmm. and every one was used because guess what? I found like I found the latest grade. Oh, this you know, it was like a mystery ranch, and mm-hmm. nothing wrong with them. It just didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. And I was like, well, I sold that, and then you know, bought another one. That one didn't work for me, but you know. He's using it. Why is it not working for me? Because every person's different. Everybody has a little bit different style. Mm-hmm. So perfect. Just because you see something and you said, like, mention the bows, like, I am a Matthews guy, but you see everybody, oh, I've got to get Matthews. Everybody else in Matthew. Guess what? If you shoot a prime better, get prime. Who cares yeah. what it is? Like, if it shoots you good, it shoots you good. I know there's another brand out there that I personally think is a better bow than Matthews, and uh, people probably will crucify me for it but it doesn't shoot good for me it doesn't yeah. shoot good i can't shoot it good the shootability from it is not good for me yep. so i stick to what i can shoot nope. i think i can shoot it good but i don't know but that's if you've been the champion you know you'd have a little bit of <laughs> just whatever, whatever. <laughs> but uh I, I just think people have to go out there and, and don't be afraid to to change something if it's not working for you and then or don't see you know, everybody has an opinion, or, you know, you go on, go on to a forum or, you know, Facebook group and all this and just ask one thing. And I bet you get, what are the greatest sticks? And you're going to get 30 replies of what are the greatest. And then you're going to get 30 of the worst sticks. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Your, your pick for sticks could be in the worst group ever. And I, I, I listened to people on the forums before and it got burned. Like they yep. told me, don't get. 12 by 50 binoculars for the whitetail woods because they're going to be too shaky and you won't be able to see anything. So I get eight by forties and I can't see a dang deer 30 yep. yards away from me. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, there, I just spent $200 on binos. Now I got to go out and, and then I hate them because I listened to some other dude before actually trying it. See, it's such a thing. hard thing to navigate. If you don't yeah. have someone that's close that is a friend that's been doing it. Even like I talk to people who get new, they have friends and, you know, I don't know them. So I don't know their experience. So they're drawing from, but there's just so much jargon out there. Mm. There's so much things with bow setups and arrow setups. It's kind of like overwhelming for like a new person to get out there. But if there's any kind of words of advice, try to find someone who's maybe not the loudest that, you know, that likes mm. to hunt, go to them and just use those. If they have climbing sticks, hold them, feel them, see if they can let them use like, tries to saddle if you know anyone like hey like, like bowhunter chronicles i mean that guy has helped so many people in like all sorts of mobile hunting stuff there's people out there like him that that will be more than willing to share and like show you like get hands on it do that and don't try to be someone that you're not so mm-hmm. figure out who you are first and then go from there which is hard to do like you said it's tough to do that man it, but uh it's- Everybody well, wants a third question too for you, so oh, we'll go, go for it. What were you gonna say? Everyone wants what? Uh, uh, everybody wants to be the hero. You know, what I mean, oh yeah, I told this guy like, uh, like, dude, there's ten different ways to get across the bridge, dude. And w- w- no one could be right. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, dude, just mentorship is huge. Like Adam is a huge friend to me, and I can't thank that guy enough. Like, I, if I haven't found that guy in this game, dude, I, I don't know where I would be at in my. uh podcast career if you want to call it that. yeah uh uh so like just finding somebody like that like and and i say this a lot about archery too if, if you want to be a better archery shooter shoot with better archery people half my friends i know is just because i met them randomly on the, the field 
you're going to get to get better if you just stay with your own, you know, group or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with some people, but I'm just saying, if you, if you're the best of your group and you want to be better, get out of your side of your group. So, yep. and that's the same thing with everything, you know, if hunting, whatever, cause guess what, man, there's always a bigger fish. And if you, mm-hmm. if you want to do better, you sometimes got to get out of your side of your comfort zone. So, yep. Challenge yourself. Okay. okay. 3d shooting. Are yeah. kill shots on deer good shots in 3D? Man, that's tough, but I, I don't think so. I don't think, like, the vitals are not... Like, ASA is a little bit different because it goes... There's a top 12 yes. and then the bottom 12, and the bottom 12 is usually reverse of the the head location. Yep. So it's kind of more in that crotch of the, the armpit and all that, the heart shot. So, man, I... If anything, I can take away from archery, uh, target archery, is that I can understand the the anatomy on a deer a little bit better of using uh, using body features to find a pinpoint and all that. Like when I'm looking at if I'm looking at something, there's a nick in the target. I'm aiming for that t- that nick, man. I'm not like okay, I don't think it's here. I'm I'm spotting it, and then when I'm doing on a deer, I'm looking for there's a little riffle of hair. Okay, I know I got to be like six inches from that. So, like, I'm just taking out little, little uh, references from this these targets, and then I'm micro focusing. And I use a single pin hunting. I know a lot of people don't do that. And I even actually in tournament, I use pins for pin gap, and I don't like doing that on a live animal because I know. If I'm going to take a shot, I want to know exactly where my arrow is hitting. I can play that game in target in the target yes. world, but not in the real world. I, I, where my where I'm micro focusing, that's where my arrow is going to hit. So, is tack overrated then? Yes. <laughs> Will I still go to tack? Yes. Yes. <laughs> is oh, tack? Great. I, I, I okay. I know I people it. probably turn it off and probably don't like me anymore. <laughs> I've never but... been attacked, so I don't have much to say. Okay. I've seen so, from for a while. I am. I love, I got Kafaru and I love Kafaru. They make great products. I, I love them to death. They make awesome stuff. But you don't need to bring your 4,400 cubic <laughs> inch backpack to tack. I don't understand. What are you sleeping on the mountain? What are you doing, brother? Yep. What are you What are you doing with all that stuff? What What do you got in there? You got. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna... No, I. I'm laughing because I have. I've seen from a distance. So like, I haven't been there in person, but I see pictures, and I'm like, man, I've skied that mountain many times, and I don't even know if it's really a mountain. It's just a big hill because we know what mountains really look like, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, why is everyone where? Like, what is? What am I missing out here? You know, and. I, I get the fun, you know, shooting really far yeah. and doing all that stuff. Like, it's just a good, I'm not like trying to bash on the, like no. having a good, clean fun with your buddies, but man, people make a big deal out of that. I'm just like, from a distance, I'm just like, what is going on? I'm d- just training my bow, you know, sh- shooting 110 yards. I, I don't I only shoot 20 in the backyards, but I'm going to go out here and shoot. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I do enjoy it. It's fun in a cell, yeah. but there's a lot of, there is a lot of, uh, Man, I don't, I don't even want to call. I don't even want to piss people off. It's just uh, there's just a lot of people out there. Like uh, my me and my buddy, my one of my great friends, uh, Travis. Uh, he is a really good archer, a super good archer, and uh, we're we're taking pictures and like, oh, you must not have been in Michigan because you got long bars on, 
We're like, yeah, we were. He's like, yeah, no, you. I know I've been there. You'd be bushwhacking the whole time. I'm like, it, dude, it's all trails. What are you it's talking about? It's all trails. Just, yep. Dude, it's just like people just think they just know everything. And it's just like such a good, it's a weird experience for sure. There's there's some people out there that just, there was Cam Haynes out there, not literally Cam yeah. Haynes. We call him Cam Haynes, dude. But uh, I love Cam Haynes. He does a great thing for the sport of archery. But yeah. uh he was literally there was his mini me or whatever yeah, dude he was, was, he he was checking his paws okay <laughs> and then he was shooting and then he sprint to the target grabbed his arrow and sprint to another one he actually almost ran in front of other people because he uh, it, was, it was crazy yeah that's like I mean, which is good that people get to do that you know what i mean like they yeah. have fun and do those kind of things get out there and enjoy you know the, the outdoors and do that but it's just from a hunting perspective you know someone who primarily bow hunts it's like okay at what point in time is this you know where if you have to start changing your setup so that was another thing like you you hunt with your 3d setup right I'm hunting this year. I I've I, I'm gonna hunt fully with my my TRX. Uh, it's a, a full 3D bow. Uh, it, it's white if you want. I've hunted with it before. Uh, actually, the person that owned it before, because I buy used, uh, it killed a huge buck with it. So, uh, I, if it shoots good for me, I'm gonna use it, man. I, I and so how much do you shoot the same arrow and stuff then? Uh, this season, I actually, I shot only hunter arrows this year. I did not use okay. no target arrows. Um, so you're very so, in tune with like the same setup all year with like weight of the arrow and like your, you know, people talk about gap shooting, but knowing the flight of your arrow, you're very familiar with. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. So there's a different couple of different styles. Yeah. I can do gap shooting with my 3d or yeah, my, with pins and stuff. Yep. I've done different this is kind of where it kind of gets in a weird I single stuff. Pin. Like, I use a single pin and I will gap shoot with my single pin. So I'm kind of curious right. how you do that. If you, if you so, do. So, uh, I, I've done a gap with my just changing point weight. So okay. I, I will, uh, I put a single pin and you got to lock it and then yep. you just change your point weight. So you just have like, I think I have 85 to like 150 grains on front yep. and that, and that, that will change your pin. I just aim where I have to aim. For yep. different yardages that confuses a lot of people and in, in i know that. what you mean by that like you just know so like for like right now for example like your pin set at 20 yards will you if you shoot 35 yards with that 20 yard pin you know your holdover with your single pin correct yeah it's right. shooting, so it would just, i would just use my lightest arrow yeah okay I would use, so uh, like for well, me that was no, those, my heaviest, like right now heaviest, like a hunting yeah. arrow yeah, your heaviest arrow. It's so like my hunting yep. bow, like is set up a twenty yard shot. Sorry, the family's coming down here because we have a tornado. No, you, you go ahead. But, uh, <laughs> tornado warning. Apparently, we have something coming on over here by Grand Rapids, so this is the safest room in the house. But yeah. no, like I just like to, I shoot the same arrow all year, so like I get very familiar with my holdovers with a single pin. So in the heat of the moment, I don't I don't have time to crank my sight. I know that at twenty yards, I I'd be six inches high at thirty five, and I can mm -hmm. back figure that math. And I think that's just when you start messing with weights and arrows and all that, if you can stay as consistent as you can, it really helps you in going into the fall, you know, when you're yeah. bow hunting for that. So, yeah, I shoot 430 grains, 3D and 430 arrow, uh, 430 hunting this whole season. I, that's all I shoot. Uh, I don't really need to get any heavier. I don't want to go down the Ashby or whatever you want to do. Fun. It's fun. I, I know, but guess what, man? My arrow goes straight. My pin, it, and the great thing about mine is that I, I show about speed. My gap on my 
I wish I had my 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 bow down here. I don't have it. My tape when I go because I have eighty pound limbs on there. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, you don't have to shoot eighty. No. I just do it because my my tape is like less than an inch from twenty to fifty, dude. Nice. It's like it's like this. So if I'm a little off, it You're doesn't good. mean nothing. And then if I know what I'm shooting. I don't have to worry about if I see an open window, it's going to be there. If yep. you have like maybe a bigger, heavier arrow, you got a huge apex or arc, if you want to call yes. it. I call it apex, the highest type of the arrow. So like my apex on my bow is tiny, so I can squeeze in windows. And I think the heavier, I don't care. You can shoot whatever you want, but I just know where my arrow is going to hit in the small windows. Yep. And I think that's that's, why I that is the point that's important for everyone to know. You need to know where that's going to be i mean i went all the way from the light arrows you know i think i used to i didn't even know the arrow my white arrows weighed when i would shoot them that way i just went to the shop and yeah i want this arrow or what do you want to do I'm like i'm doing this i'm you know 74 pound my bow is at 74 pounds like a 30 inch draw set me up and i would just go out there and rock it you know and then i weighed some of those arrows and i'm like them things were noodles going through the air because mm-hmm. they were like under 400 grains you know so then I went yeah. down the whole rabbit hole and I went to like a 640 grain arrow one year. Great. I mean, dude, if you're shooting a deer at 20 yards, like that thing just zips through them. It's great. Yeah. And, but then I went down to like a 600 and like this year I'm like around 500. So like just trying to figure out what your bow likes and all that. But at the end of the day, every year I knew where my bow was shooting. I knew how it was shooting. That's the same thing with gear. I think that's super important. That might even be more important than knowing every deer on your property. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or knowing like all that stuff, like, cause that's when the moment of truth comes, you need to be proficient and effective. And I think that's super important. At least that's how I go into my year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point. I mean, uh, I, you could know everything about this deer and then you come from the moment of time and not change your sight or you not know, you know, you didn't do the extra reps and all that that you wanted to do with your bow and just the time doesn't, when it comes you don't perform and i mean you can't take that arrow back once you nope. release it. it that's the responsibility gone. someone just told me that once you let you know once you take the the shot that's when all the responsibility gets weighed on you that's yeah when you so, take it okay so next question yeah. when are you shooting a deer in october Ooh, if you that's a good question that like, you like to do it like, like our interest this time oh our, what time do I want to, or am I supposed to be predicting mine? I don't like, think I'm going to, I'm never a good early season. I'm not a okay. good early season guy, but, uh, this year I hope I can have one down. Oh, man, I'm going to Kansas. Oh, pretty sure I'm going to Kansas, but my 90% on Kansas right now. Um, so I want to have one down. I want to have one done down by the 20th of October 20th and you think that's uh, going to be like the 18th is the earliest or what could be the earliest that you think you shoot like history shown that Joe is you have a really good chance of shooting a buck by October 18th mm. October 6th like where's that no history the history doesn't show anything in October for me oh, to be okay. honest but, but uh but history if I if I'm going to say this year it it's hopefully by the 20th I think that lull whatever yeah, quotation lull, yep. lull uh, it's going to be my pinnacle, I think, this year, or ramping up. And I think the week before, I'm going to go a little light if I have to go to Kansas. You know, yep. have to go have to, darn. Yeah, yeah darn. But I, I think I'm going to hit the family a little bit hard and take a break. So this, I think this season, I don't think my end of October is going to be the, the best for me. Gotcha. Makes sense. So, 
Because it's all about family life. There's always a yep. balance, man. People have to, it's just a deer, man. You can't get yep. back these. My family is really young, and uh, uh, I learned over the years that you, it, it's going so quick and all that. It's You can't get that time back. Yeah, you take advantage of the time you do have. Like, when you do get an opportunity to go, you got to go hard. Like, you don't mm-hmm. want to, like, blow that opportunity. But you also got to understand that you don't need to be out there, you know, certain days. Like you, like it sounds like you do know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? When are you going to kill a buck out of state? You draft a couple states. Like, where do you feel you have your best chance of shooting a deer out of state? So what this time year, year would that be? I guess. So this year, I, I, I honestly think if I, I hope Kansas. I really hope I can do it. It's hard with this new job. It's really hard to ask for a week off when I just started in June. So, it's, it's a. <laughs> It's going to be a difficult one for me to get out there, but I really think I can get it done in Kansas because I heard this. I don't know if you heard this, but some, I've heard some people that say, if you can shoot a mature whitetail in Michigan, you can hunt on everywheres in the lower 48 and have mm-hmm. no problem. And I don't know if that's just because just us with the, the, the strict of pressure and just I not. So. I think we've just... In order to find a big buck in Michigan, you got to see the where they are, and you got to understand. Like you know, if you are trying to kill a mature buck, and then you do it, I'm yeah. not talking about like you just got lucky, but if you can like consistently find them and get on them, that same the same formula you use to do that, which there's many formulas to do it. If you take that to other states, it works there too, and almost yeah. easier. And you got to almost like dumb it down a little bit because you go too hard. So like when I hunt like Illinois or Missouri. I've like went in too far and like messed it up. So then I remember that. So then when I see a property similar, I'm like, okay, I'll back off a little bit. And then we actually see these mature bucks and it's like, what is going on? So yes, I do feel there's a little bit merit if you're in a high pressure state or like a state that doesn't have a lot of mature deer running around, but you can find them and understand what they like to be around. You can take that and plug that into other Midwest states pretty easily. I think that's why. I think that's why there's a lot of good hunters coming out of New York and PA right now, yes. dude. These guys are out here just straight killers, dude. And mm-hmm. them guys are moving. They're moving. They're taking our deer, dude. Yes. In a sense. These guys <laughs> are coming be in. Than them. Yeah, that's we got to be better. We got to. We, gotta, be we can't let these East Coast beat us up. But uh, us up. yeah. So uh, let me let me ask you. Is this. that like a November hunt? You think then when you're gonna go? Oh, uh, it's uh, it's ho- Halloween. I'm Halloween, I'm gonna be out okay. there in Halloween for f- five days. So I gotta yes. get it done quick. So. Let me ask you this. So you you say you're going up to Illinois. I'm gonna I'm gonna po- hijack your podcast for a minute. No, that's fine. So do it. so so when you go out to Illinois, this is your first time on this lease, right? Yep, first year. Yep. So, in, in a realistic way, how many opportunities do you think you're gonna have out there with work and everything in the family life and all that? I would be ecstatic if I get out there two times. And that two times. Might, yeah, and I think that'll be two long weekends, maybe. Two. Two long weekends. I think I'm going to try to do a long weekend, end of October, early November, and then try to do a little longer time frame close to the gun season. So, like, I usually always take a week off around November 15th, you know, to try to, like, gun hunt. Or, like, it makes it a long weekend really easily. So, I think this year I'll just kind of extend that a little bit. And the front half of it will be in Illinois. And then I'll come back and just hunt opening day of gun season here in Michigan. So, and then, yeah, maybe I'm not. I don't think a late season hunt's really in the cards for me because I am going to Iowa for the sector, the first gun hunt this year. So that's December, the first week of December, kind of a thing. So, but I think if I get down there for a total of seven days, like seven hunting days, I'll be really happy for that. So, what's your realistic goal of that? And if you can, 
predict a time and where and what kind of terrain you're going to be when you harvest that big buck so that's like hilly like it's pretty hilly like in that part of illinois it's more southerly i've done the northern northwest illinois typically in the past so this is more southern so it's i've hunted hills in illinois and missouri and kentucky before so that's not new to me it's just that i don't really know the deer down there like i do in the other parts of the midwest but from what we've seen with some trail cams we've had up and like the sign and all that i think it's a real realistic opportunity to shoot a four and a half or five and a half year old buck now score wise i think 150 would be really big just from what i've seen so far in like the area but i also the way the terrain is and how these funnels and pinch points and stuff are and talking to neighbors i think there's a chance that there could be a booner or two walking around too just because some guys are like yeah we don't shoot anything but 150s and they say it like it's no big deal i'm like what you know so there is like a good neighborhood opportunity there so but i think for me to be like considered a successful season there's five of us on this lease if i'll be really happy if one guy shoots one i think someone's going to shoot one but I think it'll be a success if two people get one. If two bucks are shot, I'll be really happy. Like, wow, we did something here. And if one of those is in the 150s, I would think it's a huge success, kind of how I look at it. For being the first year and no, like, prep work, we haven't done anything other than – we haven't hung a stand. We just walked in and hung some cameras, like, this year. So this is kind of going to be the first year to see what's going on. And then next year, we'll if we want to, you know, still do it, we'll put a little bit more habitat work into it and, like, those kind of things. And then it can, it's, this has got an opportunity to be a long-term deal, which is super nice. So I don't really know where to have expectations, I guess. But I know for me, like every time I go to state, I will shoot a buck. If it's if it's a mature eight point and it's under 150, I'll definitely shoot it. But if it's anything else and it's not in the four-year-old range, I don't even pick my bow up. So like I've passed, I mean, crazy three-year-old bucks. Like when you go to Missouri, Illinois, and these other states, and I've been to Iowa before, you're, you're letting 140 inch deer walk and they look like does because they just are not mature. So for me, it's strictly a mature thing, but also I want it to have an impressive headgear because that's why I'm doing it. You know, if yeah. I, I'm going down there to try to shoot a mature buck that, you know, I can, you know, put on the wall or, you know, have a good memory and I get a kick out of watching deer. And then I don't really want to end my hunt, you know, early because if I go down there and shoot the first three and a half year that walks by, that's happened many times on day one. I'm done for the week and I miss out on all the other stuff. So like it's more about just going out there and just enjoying it for me. And then also I'm pretty serious. Like I want, I still like have that drive to find the big one, you know? So that's kind of how I look at it. That's awesome, man. That's a, and there were some realistic goals. I mean, it's like you said, like one out of five people hunting, like I, I, some people just be like, we're all going to tag out. And like, sometimes that's not realistic. And, and, and I like how that you were saying that it's going to be, you know, a huge ROI return on your investment of like it, like people have to understand sometimes when you get a new property, it's, it takes a lot of time to learn it. Even, you know, big buck killer like yourself, um, you just, you know, it just doesn't happen overnight. And if you, if it takes a couple of seasons and you, you got to make an investment in that property and mm-hmm. you just can't go in there going, well, there ain't no 150. So I'm going to just shoot all the one tens exactly. and all twenties and the, you just devastate this property and go, uh man this property yeah. sucks let's I'm get out of here Find it that way if that's what you yeah. know that's not my yeah. justification i've shot a lot a handful of really nice bucks in michigan like not trying to be like oversell myself by any means but 
they've all been really nice i would say above average above average for the area like consistent like there's not many of them walking around i've been lucky to shoot them but they've all been on different properties i've never shot two big bucks on the same property so if i can have something in illinois or any other whatever if we ever have another lease or whatever and it's something i can have like the consistency of like a big buck on it every year that is more than i've ever had in michigan i do not have i'll have one big buck and like i have multiple big mature deer that i chase every year i get them on show camera i don't ever see them but like i don't have a property what's like yep i know i'm gonna have opportunity at this deer this year like it's so random and so hard so if I can have something in Illinois where I can go down there and hunt, you know, seven days or five days and know that there's a really good possibility that that deer is going to be walking by one of us in a tree and every year we're going to have the opportunity, it's totally worth it for me. Like right there. That's in and of itself. That's worth the investment. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's, that's a real cool thing. And mm-hmm. I hope a lot of people just, take away from that's that. That's why you do a lease, right? You're like, oh, you know, you're making an investment of money and you're just like, this could happen because it's not Michigan, you know, but even I got a buddy, Drew, who I did the podcast with a few weeks ago. He's had a lease for, I think, 13 or 14 years. And I think he said it took four years to get it to a good spot with habitat stuff. And it took, that wasn't the first four years because they didn't start doing anything until a couple years into us. So like realistically, they've only had like five good years in the last 15 almost. But that was because they did all the work, like you're talking. Right. Now they have a property that does seem to reload every year. But, you know, that's a lot of work they're doing into <laughs> a piece of property they don't own, you know. So that's yeah. like the sacrifices you got to make. So, yeah, but. some people just don't understand that, uh, you know, like like we were talking earlier, like some of them deer in Michigan are 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 a unicorn in a sense or mm-hmm. you know they don't come around just because there's a 150 160 on one property doesn't mean there's going to be one in five years if you do everything yeah. right just mm-hmm. to get to that point so it, it, some of these properties take a lot of work and a lot of maintaining and, and kind of be on the same schedule with your neighbors because mm-hmm. i am not on the same schedule with my neighbors my neighbors are on a totally different game plan and it is very frustrating but it's kind of you know, you kind of got to shoot yourself. You got to go, hey, man, you choose this location. You can leave any time. But yep. I, I, I refuse to let them win. That's my yep. competitive nature. I'm, I'm, I'm yep. not going to let them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, when I drive by their truck, I'm going to make sure my tailgate's down when that, that big was, bucks. Yeah, and then, oh, yeah. it, it's back there. See you mm-hmm. later, bud. Yep, so. do that. Yeah, neighbors are, that's the key. Mm-hmm. I have some really good neighbors in Michigan, and I'm going to do podcasts in the future with them and talk to that because, that is, it makes it so much easier, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee that I'm going to shoot the deer. It just, right. there's just a better chance that they're going to be around. Um, and then, you know, a buddy gets them or someone, you know, shoots it, you're excited for them and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think, um, I think Michigan, if it's just, it's, if you're a good hunter in Michigan and you enjoy, you understand deer in Michigan, you understand how, you know, does move through a property and bucks will use a property for, you know, times a year, like, you know, you're kind of talking how early October isn't your thing, but you understand like middle to late October, November, you understand how deer move. And, you know, maybe that's because you hunt more that time. So you've spent a lot of time investing that. But if you understand how you can effectively get on deer that time of year, that that's what you kind of got to focus on, like anywhere you hunt, like you, you got to go out there with a plan. You got to go out there with a focus. You got to go out there with a game plan and then follow through that. And then if it doesn't work, you have to change your game plan essentially. So it's a lot of trial and error, lots of years of doing it, but then you can kind of find these nuances that work, like how bucks like to work scrapes, how, what time of year they work those scrapes. 
what scrape they like to use. They don't like to use all scrapes. Like all scrapes are not created equal. You know, bedding areas are different. Like there's so many variables, but you got to get a feel for it. And then, yeah, go out of state and don't just like burn your time by sitting in the same tree the whole time, unless you're seeing deer like crazy. Walk around a little bit, but be smart when you do it. And you'll learn so much. It's it's a long-term game here. Like if you go to Kansas, like hopefully you go to Kansas more than one time, but every time you go, you learn a little bit more. And that's probably why you like the out west thing so much because you're like, man, I've done this for a couple of years. I'm going to try it myself, use the few things I've seen, I've learned, and just keep progressing as a hunter. And that's at the end of the day, that's what's fun. You know, it's this progression. progression. Yeah. If the day you know how to hunt is the day you become a liar, that's what I always mm-hmm. tell people because like you'll that. never learn. You'll never learn it. You'll never learn hunting in general. You, you can be good at it, but you'll never know it all because there's no, you can't. There's no way you can. There's, All right. One well, last question. When, yep. when are you going to shoot your next big mature buck? Ooh, like man. time frame, like in five years, one year, this year. What do you, what do you think? Michigan or Michigan or Mich- just anywhere? Michigan. Michigan. We'll break Mich- it down. Michigan and then out of state. Okay. Michigan. Oh, what are we talking like a four year old? Like, man. Yeah. Cause I kind of feel like I, that's kind of your mindset, right? Like you're going to go for um, a four year old. A four year old, man. I, I really would say this year, but it's not looking the greatest for me right now but i i would say in the next two years i i, I will have a, a four and a, a four and a half year old down nice. I, I i really i really believe i can do it there's one i like last and this year I, i've only seen him once he did make it but it, it he's kind of weird i had a, a i had a nice a really i man i don't even want to say you don't he, he was details away but you you had but, you had the uh, Good he was <laughs> he was he was 150 plus all day and i and yeah and it was so in this year i hope he gets bigger but he just beds in a weird spot and it's really hard for me to, to break down that that position so i i kind of almost raving my white flag on him for a little bit because i got so excessive last year and i said it was all mm-hmm. him or nothing mm-hmm. him or nothing and it 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 there's there's a definitely some mental uh insanity was going on in my head on this deer dude it, it it broke me up dude i seen him on the hook one time he was locked on a doe dude 40 yards couldn't get a shot man i was in a i was in uh like a poplar dude no bigger than a a, a louisville slugger baseball bat oh, dude yeah. every time every time you move i would swing like like four feet dude but this is the only tree i could get set up on him and he was 40 yards away on a doe and i couldn't get a shot dude and it and i i don't think i could even squeeze like there was no force in the shot there there was no nothing there was just too much stuff in my way and and it dude you want to talk about throwing your bow in the back of your truck dude that's i was pissed dude because i was chasing this deer for two years and it, th- that was the best opportunity it took me. I gotten in two years this year, yep. and it, it just didn't work out. And so you I, think I'm, in the next two years, you're either this year yeah. or next year, you're gonna have a really good opportunity at that deer or one like him. Yeah, or one gotcha. like him. No, Hopefully state, bigger. What do you think? Oh, this year, dude. It's this going year, down. yes. This like year, that. I'm this. This year is this my year? It's just nice. It's got to be my year, and I I gotta just keep going with it, man. I yep. just, I got I gotta hit it hard this year. I gotta I gotta really, really get it done. And I, I, there's no excuses anymore. I think I have all the tools that I need to to yep. get it done. And and uh, 
for me, I know, I think I have a really good opportunity. Sorry, my dog's down here too. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, I think I have a really good opportunity to shoot a four-year-old Michigan this year. Now, I don't know which one, though. That's kind of the problem, which sounds kind of like, oh, I got multiple. But I mean, I have lots of spots. So there's a handful of them I think I'm going to make an effort to hunt. Because like in Michigan, what I found, if I know a three-year-old's in the area, I just don't hunt it. Cause I don't know anything else. Cause I, I like have good self-control, but when a buck's at 20 yards broadside, that self-control is really hard sometimes. And some of these bucks are pretty impressive at three and a half. So like, I just do my best judgment to like make up my mind, shoot them or not. And then I either hunt them or I don't. So there's a couple of them that I think I'm going to try to hunt this year. And if, if you take last year into account going into this year, yeah, I should have a really good opportunity to shoot one of them. So that's, that's for that. And then out of state, I think realistically, I think actually Michigan, I'm probably three years out before I'm going to shoot a five and a half year old buck. I think like, I think it's going to take me three years just because it's hard to have that turnover every year where a lot of them stick around. Like I don't have many five-year-olds on camera ever. So I think that's going to take probably three years, I believe, because there's going to be some changes going on and some properties. So I'm just like opportunistic, I guess, or feeling pretty good about that. And then out of state, I have a really, I think I'm going to shoot my first deer with a bow out of state this year. I feel like I have a good chance at that, but it probably isn't going to happen, but I feel good. About no, it. No, 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 no. I'm picky out of state with my bow, man. I'm just, uh, just picky, you know? So, but I think it'll happen. Yeah, dude. It just, it just needs to happen, dude. You, just, yeah. you, got, you got all the tools. You got all the platform. You got the, uh, you got so much resources on your fingertip mm-hmm. right now, especially being part of the empire and all that. I think you yep. can call a lot of people and get it done. And, yep. you and know, I have that's the freedom to choose when I go out of state. That's another yeah. thing. Like you can chase the cold fronts and you can chase the yeah. weather a little more when you do like a, we've always done like the semi guided stuff where you just like pay a trespassing fee. Then they're like, here, you have free reign on this property or you do a public land thing. But then you like, it's on the calendar, November 6th to the 11th. Yeah you're committed to that time slot and then you get there and it's 80 degrees. It's like, well, I would have rather just like done it a week earlier, like six days later, you know, those kind of things. So right. this year is the first year where I have some like flexibility with that. I think it's going to really pay off. So, but no, I think you, is there anything else you want to touch base on? I know it's getting kind of late over here and no, he's going around us. So <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good. I mean, as long as you don't have nothing, if anybody no. wants to, yell at me they can go and yell yeah, at me i don't really care do a little plug on your podcast i know you're working on that you're not the greatest at it i guess i've heard no i'm really bad at it so like i uh, i'm the host of the generations of hunt podcast uh it's just i don't know if you've been listening it's kind of like this the whole time it's just yep. me just starting some stuff and just speaking my mind and just hopefully get somebody outdoors and then uh you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, any, basically any platform. Instagram is my, if you want to talk to me, Instagram is my number one. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. My number one to go to, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and I think we even have a Twitter. We have a ticker talker, whatever you want to call it. You got to be relevant with the Your kids. Your face is all like, over it probably, right? Yeah. It's, it's all, <laughs> you know, I'm just me dancing. Go to it, subscribe and I'll dance. <laughs> I, I dance to it. I swear. Um, yeah, I don't even but, want to know what you're wearing when you're dancing, but go to TikTok nah, to find out. Yeah. So, yeah, I try to be relevant in, in, in all platforms and I try to put, I produce everything. I, I'm a, basically a one man show. I do have a co-host. He just helps me just, nice. you know, come on the show, but I produce and do everything. So if you want to 
I think we'll that's check the best. you out on there for sure. I would love to, yeah. The invite's always out to do more podcasts. I'd love to break down both setups a little bit more with you. Yeah. You know, I didn't really want to do that right away because I want to kind of people get to know you and learn your story and how you kind of are. But I feel like you are a really good tool to have being as serious as you are shooting a bow. So, I mean, I've been called a tool once you are, before. But, you know, you, you there might be some things that you don't even think are that, that important that might really help someone else, you know, because you've just been doing it for so, you know, so consistently with that. So, I think it'll be good, but yeah, I appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, I think anyone that wants to just listen to another fellow Michigan guy talking about hunting and you're very down to earth and you're very realistic with your goals and how you talk about things. You're very, you know, you just say how it is, which I really like, you know, I won't lie. Yeah, I won't lie. Straight up. This is what it is. And yeah. Do you do a pretty good job at like updating your season on Instagram? Like do you, I, I, do you good with I, that? I, I do. I think I do a pretty good job on uh, just letting people, know how it's going uh, usually on my platform I, I put out an episode every week and uh, i think this year i'm going to do a lot more in-season stuff uh nice. to let break down my season and how it going and, and i i just want people to know like i'm just an average joe no pun intended um mm-hmm. i got work i got a kid i got you know i got a whole life to balance so there's i'm not out in the woods 24 hours a day so but I'll we'll let I'll update people to know like how my season's going. Yeah, I think and, it's like, important to like hear someone like in real time what you were thinking, if it worked, you know those kind of things, which is kind of like oh I'd like to do too this fall. I don't know if it's gonna work, but just letting people know, hey, I took I went to this property because it felt right for time of year. It felt right because of wind, and I you know snuck in this way or I accessed around this thing, and I just did this and just doing it like live up to date things is pretty powerful and helps a lot. So I think that's how I learned. Like you hear like we talked about a couple of these. Guys guys that everyone knows you hear them talk about how they did something it's like okay i heard that one thing i can use that on this property mm-hmm. over here so i think that's like a powerful thing so but yeah hopefully if you shoot something you got to come back on man you got to all right i'll try <laughs> especially if you get that out of state deer you're all jacked up for yeah <laughs> yeah hopefully get something done or you know and i won't even be sad if i don't even get an opportunity on a boat because or on a deer because like i i've learned a lot from going out west and being out here it's just a blessing to be out there and having the opportunity to that i don't know how long i'll be on this earth and uh i want to enjoy every minute and success does not come from antler size to me in, yes. in a sense you know i'm not going to just shoot anything uh uh the the jokes around the campfire and the you know laughter and and just hanging out with your fellow brothers and outdoors is uh, means a lot more than me than any taxidermy and i've said this on another pa- uh, podcast that when, once i pass away this taxidermy right here will not mean anything to anybody besides me and i'm no longer here so what mm-hmm. does it mean the real things met or just the stories they could tell about me. You remember Joe when he would do this and or he would say yep. these jokes. That's that's what's going to live on longer than your taxidermy. I can tell yes, you. Yes, sir. That. What a great way to end it. So, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode of Michigan Wild. Take Joe's advice. Get out there. Make a memory. Enjoy the small things. It's not all about those racks sometimes, but we enjoy <laughs> when we get them. Thanks, guys.